0: in doorless chambers, where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. hey hey everybody <laughs>
1: you can't do my bit <laughs> welcome back to the theme park loopy podcast we've had a good summer break and now we're back to catch up on some of the top news that's been going on over the last few weeks we're joined today by sam and we're also joined by dan how are you doing sam
0: hey hey ryan hi i did a you i did a hey hey
1: <laughs> hey
0: <laughs> hey hey um i'm <laughs> i'm very good thank you i'm joining you once again from my cocoon uh here in the middle east so it's been a great summer it's been a very hot summer here in the middle east about 52 degrees at days so lots of time spending indoors uh lots of fun indoor theme parks here um and soaking up the a.c
1: it's, it's funny because in in the UK we've we've had a couple of summers now where it's been genuinely hot for a period of time and I've been genuinely thinking do I need to buy air conditioning for the house and I've been trying to resist because 99% of the time the UK is freezing so I don't know maybe it's something I'm going to have to do but we'll see. Uh, Dan, how are you doing? Hey, hey. Hey,
2: hey. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right.
1: <laughs> Come on, Dan with the day. Um,
2: hey, I hey. <laughs> to be honest, like it's just it's too hot in the UK. We we had like a couple of days above 30, and that's me done. I can't I can't hack it. It's too much. Uh, yeah, I think the problem is that we we basically just need mild overcast temperatures with the occasional sunny day to be happy. And anything either side of that is just, it's too much for us as a a nation.
1: Yeah, and I always always think one of the best things about the UK is the climate, because we have a, what did we, in geography, when uh, geography at school, they used to always tell us the UK has a temperate climate, and that means that it doesn't get too cold, and it doesn't get too hot. But recently, it has been getting too cold, and also it has been getting too hot, so I don't know if the teachers lied to me, or things are changing. I don't know. What What do you think?
2: Uh, I th- well, I think clearly, like things are changing because last year we were up to what forty two. It was it was too it was properly too hot. But yeah. Oh, oh, good news though. I I managed to to snag myself the first batch of uh, of dollars for my upcoming holiday in um, in September. So that's that's something to look forward to when you start collecting the money that you need for your holidays. So always a good good time.
1: Oh yeah, because uh, my sister-in-law has just come back from Las Vegas, and I've been given a random wad of change. Oh, Amazing! <laughs> and she she says, "Oh, can you can you buy me something nice?" So I've gone through it. Apart from all the random pennies and stuff, I didn't even know this, but they've got dollar coins. Like, well, why have we got all the? All the notes, then. Why don't we just have the coins? Like, so, well, yeah, the, the
0: the coins are slightly bigger than, like, they're slightly bigger, right? They're like a bigger coin, the dollar coin. I'm sure.
2: I don't think I've ever seen a
1: dollar coin. Well,
0: yeah, it's not, they're like it's slightly not, rounder and bigger.
1: It's not much bigger than a quarter, though. So, like, if I'm looking at them, I honestly like comp well, with UK money. The, they're all very different. Are they? you know, like a pound to a fifty p, they're all quite different. But mm. in America, they they all look very similar. Like, so I'm, I'm very confused. A dollar coin kind of looks like a slightly bigger 10p coin, which I think is what's confused me. Because I've looked at it and gone, oh, that's just 10p, but it's not as a dollar. So... Every time
2: I go to America, I always have forgotten from the previous time I've been to America what a dime is. And every time I relearn it and then forget it, uh, and I've forgotten it again, What what is a dime?
1: Uh, I don't know, is it 10? Oh, for I thought the dime thought it was, was one, isn't it? Or is that a no? It's, it's not like one.
0: A no, that's one. That's cent. a penny. They call that a
1: penny, though. The same as do they? Right. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was one cent.
0: Yeah, that makes more sense.
1: No, I thought they called it. They call it a penny, dough,
2: though. A penny. One so, cent. in conclusion, I thought, go out I thought, there. I <laughs> thought I I thought I hope actually.
1: for the best. <laughs> I look, have no look,
0: idea. We've got a bunch yeah. of a bunch of bits trying to have a conversation about American money.
1: I've just well, I literally. Well, the thing is, so I literally I, I literally have a pile of random American coins like, right sat next to me at the moment. So I'm trying I, I, to look at them in the dark, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. Um, I thought you had a... I could
0: hear some money re- jingling around, and I thought, yeah, he's, that, he's just that. out. He's, that. he's,
1: <laughs> he's,
2: <laughs> he's, it's he's wallowing jingling. in it, like, from DuckTales. I'm like yes.
1: Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck with all these, like, random coins. <laughs> I mean, this is so, now turning into ASMR, <laughs> isn't, it? With, with
0: yeah, the
1: yeah, game, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we could do theme park ASMR. Listen to the coins. Listen to the coins. The best
2: thing to do with it, though, is is to dive in it from like a ten story building because that that yeah. that's fine. That'd that's defi- good.
1: That would definitely work. If
2: yeah, it wouldn't
0: be- you wouldn't hurt yourself doing that, would you?
1: No, I think I think you would probably go extinct. And something that is potentially going extinct again. Oh, I, a good transition? I, well, yeah. <laughs> well, you kind of spoiled it there, but, but never mind. <laughs> something, that is, something that is going extinct again is uh, Dinosaurs at Animal Kingdom. Um, so, well, potentially, maybe. So Disney once again have announced, but not really announced anything, but announced Blue Sky thinking of something, which looks like it's more developed than last time so that's kind of interesting so previously at d23 they said that dino land usa at um animal kingdom over at walt disney world was going to become um partly zootopia potentially but then mainly moana there was going to be like a kind of uh, splash mountain moana type ride potentially However, they've now come up with some more detailed plans. And I think the um, the guy who used to run Imagineering, he's come back again. He came back in March. I think Bob Iger brought him brought him back in. They've obviously looked at the plans, worked them up, and now they're saying Dinoland USA is mainly going to be an Encanto area. So that's going to include uh, an Encanto ride. Um, and also uh, restaurant Restaurantosaurus is going to become a Colombian. Encanto type restaurants so that could be interesting, however, the really interesting bit part of this is even though most of Dinoland USA is going to be Encanto, they are actually, and this rumor has been going on since like 2018 or something, which is that Dinosaur, which does have the same ride system as Indiana Jones over at Disneyland uh, in California is actually going to get themed as Indiana Jones, which is really interesting. And I think, Sam, you were saying that you've been on the Indiana Jones adventure ride over at California. What did you think of it? Do you think this is a a good move by Disney, potentially?
0: Yes. So I'm actually so happy about this news. I adore Indiana Jones at Disneyland when I did it. It was fantastic. So this was a few years back. Uh, it was easily one of the most immersive queue lines you could probably ever do. Um, you know, everything from the journey as you go deeper into the temple before you get to the station. And then the ride itself, the theming was unbelievable. Um, and and there was moments where you you literally come to this this bridge that is over like the whole ride area but it's elevated and it it, there's so much depth it's hard to explain but imagine you're going over a rope bridge and there's fire either side of you and there's all that you can see a ride vehicle flying around below as well underneath the bridge because you're on like a top story it was phenomenal now there were moments... It was exactly the same layout as a Dinosaur um, in terms of the actual track and the speeds are very similar as well. So I don't think we'll see much change there. But in terms of the theme and the storyline, it was gripping, it was exciting. I absolutely loved Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Cursed Eye or the Lost Eye. Something about an eye. Um, I can't remember now off the top of my head. Cursed Eye, I want to say. Um... One of the coolest things they do in that Q line as well is they give you a decoder, which is like a, uh, like a, if you imagine uh, you've got a piece of paper with symbols that match uh, letters on the wall and, 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 uh, you know, and so you can go through and decode all the, all the encryptions and inscriptions on the wall as you go round it in the queue line so there's there's a really interactive element to it but the ride itself is fun it's fast it's awesome and if you're an indie fan um which clearly there is a massive fan base out there as we've seen from the bar that was in Hollywood Studios um the pop-up bar that is just was so well received with people going to the parks just to go to that one indiana jones themed bar um i think this is going to be a great move to bring more indiana jones into the park to bring the iconic ip to life um and i think it's a great fit for disney world and i just can't wait
1: what do we think the future of the indiana jones roller coaster at disneyland paris is because it's a bit of a strange attraction out there on its own do we think that that's going to continue or do we think maybe something else will go in its place indiana jones themed maybe
2: is, it, is that the one that goes upside down
1: yeah so it's um a looping well it's got one loop but it's um it's a compact coaster i can't remember the uh manufacturer but it's quite a compact coaster with uh a loop uh and it's it's kind of fun like i quite enjoy it um as overhead restraints obviously uh, but it's quite low capacity. The theming isn't great. It was a bit of an afterthought, I think, when it was originally put in there. Um, so I don't know if maybe that's going to continue as Indiana Jones, or maybe maybe Disneyland Paris will get something else. Indiana Jones-themed, I'm, I'm not sure.
2: I haven't haven't ridden on it. When, when I went there, I either missed it or overlooked it or something, um, but I didn't ride it. Um, but from what I, I've seen of it... From other people's videos and reviews, it's just a bit of an odd, like rock and roller coaster. is quite a, like it's it's a thrill ride, so you know it's going to be quite exhilarating. Whilst as I, I don't think they've really quite got the branding of that ride right in that bit of the park, and it, it, it sort of doesn't really appeal to a, a specific audience very well. And obviously, by being a little bit more of a thrill ride, it excludes quite a lot of people. So I think they could use that space better to either get a proper thrill ride or to appeal to like a more family oriented, uh, you know, group of group of people, which I think would probably be the better alternative.
0: Dan, I totally agree with you. I think certainly for Disneyland Paris, that ride doesn't really know what it wants to do. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's very painful now. Um it, I will say, I, I want to back up its theming. I disagree with you, Ryan. I think the theming is pretty good. um, And I really enjoy going on that, that ride at night just for seeing the temple lit up with all of the, the the fire and flame torches i think it looks really atmospheric at night so i disagree with you there a bit but um dan i totally agree i think now they can get rid of that attraction it's old it's clunky it doesn't have a good line it's not massively enjoyable um they keep trying to remarket it it, it feels weird because it, it it's in adventure land but it just kind of s- sticks out of nowhere and it, it's in a strange part of the park so um I absolutely agree with what you're saying there with how it fits within the park. And although we know Disneyland Paris is more of a, an adult, I guess the real Disney park, like it's known as probably one of the most thrill ride heavy Disney parks. Um, I still think it would be a better choice to be more family friendly. Definitely. So I agree with you.
1: Yeah, so I think when they first I think when they first built it, the the theming wasn't great. There wasn't a lot of theming. And I think I don't know if it was a year later or a couple of years later that they actually put more theming on it. I think what I find odd about it is that I find the queue line quite good. There's a few good elements in the queue line. Uh the station itself is quite good. It's just that it feels like then when you're on the ride, you're not really experiencing anything um you'd kind of want there to be for like indiana jones you'd want it to be sort of more thematic like head choppers and interesting elements and things like that but there isn't any of that so it's a bit of a strange one really and it was all part of so when michael eisner was in charge and when they built walt disney studios in particular and, and Dinoland USA, actually. So we, we're tying this together now. Michael Eisner, when the parks were struggling for money, his idea was, let's pick a theme that doesn't involve a lot of stuff inherently. And let's try and do that theme quite well. So that's why they picked Dinoland USA. Oh, it's, it's a carnival. So it's meant to be a bit naff because it's a carnival. And let's just make it look cool. Then the entrance to... Walt Disney Studios. Oh, it's meant to be wooden walls because it's just meant to be a facade and actually build it like that. So that's the theme, and then literally doesn't actually cost that money to do it. And that was Michael Eisner's idea, uh, but unfortunately, Walt Disney Studios at Paris, it, it always felt like it wasn't even half built, uh, and I think for a lot of time, it probably wasn't even a half day park. And then they they, they they've added good shows and stuff like that. When, when we went, uh, we went a couple of times last time we went, we went a couple of times in 2019 and, um, we went around Christmas last time and we really enjoyed the shows. We went to a few of the shows and it were really good. And we spent all day there and the nighttime spectacular, they had surprise Mickey. Um, the other thing worth mentioning that Walt Disney Studios is that since they've updated tower of terror, that is now, definitely superior to the version at hollywood studios um that's really good since i've updated it so I'm, I'm really looking forward to when they finish with the frozen area i think that's meant to be done sort of back end next year as far as i understand uh, maybe summer next year um so we'll probably be heading out again next year so that should be good um the other thing to mention is that uh it's tough to be a bug which is underneath the uh tree of life at animal kingdom is no longer going to be potentially themed uh with a bug's life it's now potentially gonna have a zootopia theme which i'm not sure i totally understand because you're gonna have lions and elephants and all sorts of stuff underneath the tree or something so i don't know like how could they pull off a zootopia theme but being underneath a tree like because there's all that theming underneath it's meant to be the roots of the tree and that's why there's bugs there how could they possibly pull that off as a Zootopia theme do we think
2: maybe they're like in the shade hiding from the ridiculous Florida sun
1: (laughs) yeah that could work that could work could it
0: it's a weird choice for Zootopia I feel because Bugs Life fitted so well but I understand that Bugs Life is probably now you know, older. I'm not as relevant as it was to families nowadays. So I guess I don't even know what storyline they could do unless it was like it was a, a new breed of creatures in the Zootopia world that lived underground. Like it was a, a new part of the city they were building or something for insects. And then all of the, the your, your famous characters from Zootopia uh, came to help or something and had little cameos that popped in, perhaps. But you're right. It just it does seem unless they're now just taking it away from the fact that you're underneath the tree and they're just making it a straight up just like a 4D movie theatre, you know? But that kind of takes away the fact of being under the tree.
2: And in, in defense of changing it around a little bit, if you do take kids into into that show there's like a 50 50 chance that a they'll love it or B they'll be traumatized for life Uh, and there doesn't seem to be like any kind of middle ground between those two things so I I don't know maybe they could just swap it for something that would be less of a risk if you're a parent.
1: Yeah yeah well let's see Um, it's a shame that tough to be a bug is potentially gonna have to go but I mean a bug's life it's quite an old film now although I mean there's probably more rides at Disney of much older films but maybe it doesn't quite have the legacy as some other uh, properties do now what's quite interesting is that there was an announcement at D23 Expo last year where they showed some blue sky thinking what which they called Beyond Thunder Mountain uh, so Magic Kingdom behind where Thunder Mountain is near where Splash Mountain is They were talking about having an Encanto area then behind Thunder Mountain. However, obviously, if Encanto is now potentially going to go into Animal Kingdom, that means that they don't have a slot. They don't have something that's going to go in behind Thunder Mountain. Or there have been some rumors that potentially we're going to see a haunted mansion restaurant at some point, maybe there. Also, there's still rumours going around of having a villain's area and and maybe that'd be quite a good location to have it. It'd make a lot of sense, wouldn't it, to have a villain's area in that area, if you kind of make it atmospheric. And what I was, there, there's been some rumours that where uh, Pecos, Pecos Bill is, uh, the kind of Mexican restaurant, there's been some talk about that area becoming a kind of New Orleans area, to fit in with, you know, the Tiana uh, re-theme of Splash Mountain. It kind of makes sense if they had a villain's area, because it could be, you know, in in, uh, Princess and the Frog, there's quite a big theme around the, you know, the underworld, etc. And I wonder if you could go through the streets of New Orleans and then all of a sudden you kind of go into a kind of nocturne alley kind of place, which then takes you into the underworld, which then takes you into this villains' area, where which is holding these Disney villains. So it, maybe it could have some potential. I, I'm not as keen as villains being linked to haunted mansion because I think even though haunt, I think haunted mansion from Walt Disney's perspective, I don't think it was ever meant to be something sinister. It was kind of meant to be spooky fun. I think. I think originally Haunted Mansion was meant to be, um, what did he call it? A museum of the weird or, or something like that. That was the original idea. I don't think it was ever meant to be really scary. It was meant to be kind of spooky fun. So villains linked in with that don't make a lot of sense, but villains linked him with a darker side of Princess and the Frog. Maybe that could work. So what what do you guys think about that idea?
0: I don't think personally that Haunted Mansion is particularly scary um and i but i don't think even the ride feels scary I, i feel like it is still spooky fun there are darker moments but i think it still encapsulates what the original ride was um but I see what you mean. You could do, I think there was, it's the other side, isn't it? That's what um, Dr. Facilier was sings about, is going to the other side. So maybe you could go to the other side uh, and, yeah, and as you say, experience all the other villains. Um, although I really do like the idea of there being a haunted mansion restaurant, I think, you know, with the new movie coming out and uh, everyone getting excited about the Hatbox Ghost, I feel like similar to Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, the Haunted Mansion has its own kind of fan base and legacy based on the original story of the attraction. And I think if Disney continue to home in on utilizing classic attractions, like they did with the Jungle Cruise, like we've seen, for example, on the Disney Adventure, um, if you've, or sorry, Disney Treasure, uh, if you've seen the announcement of that, um, then that's the DCL's new ship. They've done a new Jungle Cruise restaurant on that and fans are going wild because ultimately Disney fans like things and expansions based on classic Disney stories and attractions that are timeless. And so I think it's it's a much, I think it would be a really smart choice for them to do the restaurant um, personally based on Haunted Mansion and continue that story that you know people have known and loved for years
2: so from from my perspective i think uh, like a haunted mansion restaurant would be brilliant they should definitely do that the theming they could get in there would be absolutely top notch um villains i don't think that putting it like around uh or you know in in association with the the, the haunted mansion area i think that, that that would work i don't think there's any any reason why that would be particularly like clashy um at the end of the day like nothing that disney zoo were you know overly scary so none of it's none of it's more than just you know a bit of fun so i don't think there would be a, a clash of brands between the two kind of you know the the two kind of experiences uh, and they need to stick it somewhere and that's the only that would be the only place in the park where it would make any sense at all uh, but i do think that land would be amazing uh, whether they'll actually do it is a different question uh, it's been rumored for, what, like a decade or more?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, and, and obviously there's been the talk about having the Dark Kingdom, um, which I don't think was ever really a rumor. I think someone just made that up. But I think a lot of people latched onto it as a whole new park. I don't think it would work as a whole new park, villains, really. But if you're looking at somewhere like Epic Universe, they're, they're obviously dedicating a large area of their park to classic monsters, which looks really, really good. So it'd, it'd make a lot of sense if Disney, if Disney, part of Disney's way of, um, you know, say, you know, trying to compete against Epic Universe is that okay? You've got a classic monsters area, so we're gonna have a villains area in Magic Kingdom, and and so on. I, I was reading something about. You know, there's there's a tactic in in marketing that if if you can't compete immediately, then you should kind of muddy the waters a little bit. And I wonder if they would be able to muddy the waters a little bit with Epic Universe by kind of announcing well, we're going to have a villain's land, and then that gets directly compared to Epic Universe and the Monsters Area. People are going, "Oh, this Monsters Area is okay," but. I can't wait till Disney open the villains area, you know, and that may be part of what they're thinking. Maybe that's going to be a tactic. I don't know.
2: I think like we've mentioned before, they'll have to figure out a way to compete somehow. Uh, and yeah, I think that would be a good, a good opening uh, sort of volley against uh, Epic Universe. How's that part coming, by the way? What's the, what's the latest updates from it?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much, um pretty much, Full, the rides are fully, well, the the coasters are fully vertical. I think someone said it's pretty much 75% done. Um, there's still a lot of the infrastructure and some of the buildings to finish. And the hotel, last time I checked, wasn't anywhere near done the main hotel. Uh, however, some of the side hotels seem to be progressing. So it's meant to be ready for summer twenty five which means that I would have thought that they'd probably want to get into a position where the rides are definitely testable by, by next year um, at some point. Um, And then it's a matter of everything else. Like they're getting all the uh, vegetation in and uh, you know, getting all the theming uh, finalized and things, but it seems to be going really well. A lot of people have said, it's going so well; they could probably open it next year. But I'm sure there's a lot more to do than what we just seen. Um, there'll be a lot of, I, I think, because it's a, also because it's a totally brand new park. So if I were if I were Universal, if I was opening a totally brand new park, I would want if I was aiming for summer 2025. Well, to, to begin with, I'd want to have it ready for the start of summer, and I would want to be in a position where the park is pretty much fully operational a number of months before we even open because you're going to have to get your staff used to the park how it all runs you need to see it all run live to see all the different snags you don't want to be in a position where you open it to guests and your staff don't know how to get around they don't know how to operate certain things they don't know how everything works because it because it's 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 going to be so different to working at Universal. You can't just pull staff across and say, "Oh, off you go." It's a whole new, it's a whole new thing. So they're going to have to be. I reckon the park will have to be in a position where it's almost ready by the end of 2024 for them to be able to get staff in there and get running like a park. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a lot of universal staff going down there and experiencing the park and maybe getting other people in there and they'll also part of it is they'll probably want to attract a lot of staff from disney as well potentially so they'll they'll want to kind of show it off a little bit and you know why did you come work for us you know and this is what you could be doing instead so yeah it seems to be going pretty well So <laughs> that's the long answer it seems to be doing all right
2: <laughs> and the exciting thing is is what People in the UK, people who are international tend to book holidays a year or two in advance. So if they're wanting to attract people for, you know, not next year, but the year after, they're going to have to start advertising it um, fairly, you know, fairly soon, probably next year at some point. So, yeah, it's it's all coming together
1: a bit. And the other thing is Disney are going to have to really start thinking about, what their dining offer is going to you know people in the uk and i think other parts of europe as well go crazy or they used to go crazy for the free dining offer obviously we've not had that for a while but the disney the disney dining plan is coming back next year free dining hasn't been announced yet we're not sure if it's gonna happen it'd make a lot of sense wouldn't it as part of that muddying tactic for disney to announce a huge free dining offer for 2025. Um, So, you know, maybe that could be something that we're going to see. You know, if I I was a betting person, I would say that Disney are really gearing up to offer something special for 2025 to muddy the waters a little bit.
2: I really hope so. The amount of money that, like, I'm trying to scrap together to make sure we've got enough to feed a family of people is It's crazy not having any kind of certainty about the food and the prices and i've not been to america for a while and i've forgotten what the prices of the food is so i'm just guessing you know it it makes it so much easier when there's a good meal plan and it's basically like an all-inclusive like that's what i want on a holiday so yeah fingers crossed that's what i'm that's what i'm after
0: i think that's what the best thing was about the dining plan when it came back uh, in its iteration this year is that people are getting that all-inclusive experience um at Disney World and I think you're both right Ryan and Dan in in the sense of they're going to need to come out with something massive in 2025 and I think if they were to pull an absolute brand new dining deal along with this sort of hotel stay you would really have to second guess whether you want to commit your time to Universal to a brand new park versus going to somewhere old and classic and where you know you're going to get a good product again not saying that uh epic universe won't be good of course it will be it'll be state-of-the-art and it'll be beautiful i mean just look at that donkey Kong coaster right it looks fantastic um but i think that's exactly what they're gonna do um i mean even now dan you're you're saying about the the the, the pricing of um the the dining plan i completely concur um and the, the when i was looking for a potential trip in january uh, next year the dining plan seems like the better option because if you look at the menus or the hour current menus, you know, you're paying 20, 30, you know, sometimes 40 uh, dollars for a for a main plate of food, for like an entree. So, but with the dining plan, it, it just makes it easier. Um, not necessarily more affordable, but just makes it easier uh, because it's all there. So you don't have to worry about it. So I think, I really hope that they come back with the free dining offer. And I think people would jump if they do. People were already excited um, when they announced that the dining plan was back. I think if they brought back in the free dining um, with a new exclusive offer, as you were saying, for 2025, I think people would really second guess whether they wanted to book an entire universal-based stay. I still think, in my opinion, international tourists and visitors, guests, they still favor Disney World over Universal in terms of where they're going to base themselves. So a lot of people will base themselves at Disney and then take day trips out to Universal or maybe do a split stay, doing like a four-day here, four-day there. But I'm yet to find people that just, but maybe, maybe it's just because I don't know, but I'm yet to find people that do an entire Orlando vacation where they just stay at Universal. Whereas I feel like Disney that they do could that change in 2025 with Epic Universe, perhaps?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I'm I'm staying at Universal, uh, but I will be I will be going to Disney World uh, definitely. Um, but yeah, I have heard I've heard a, a number of people. I think particularly domestically in the US, I have seen a lot of people say they've gone to Orlando and not gone to Disney, and I think it's just come down to you know maybe they could spend the money elsewhere maybe on a slightly nicer hotel at universal get the express passes because if you if especially if you've got kids and you're going in in the holidays you know when it's going to be really busy uh maybe around you know July July the 4th and times like that uh labor weekend um maybe you're thinking well you know we can't afford to do both but we could stay at, you know one of the nice hotels well not one of the nicer hotels but one of the more expensive hotels at universal we could get those express passes and you know we'll just stay uh, at Disney uh, Universal for the week and I guess that's the difference between um, the UK and um, people domestically because we tend to go for a couple of weeks whereas in the US they tend to they tend not to go for two weeks. to the uh, they, They'll t- they'll go for a weekend or for a week or something like that.
2: Um, I know it's not directly related, um, but I'm going to throw this in anyway. You know, a while ago, a different different episode, we were talking about uh, Fright Night and whether I should go without without the family because obviously I can't go with the family because they're tiny. Um, I booked it, um, and I booked the uh, the Express Pass as well. Ryan, are you, are you doing that when you're, when you're there?
1: Sorry, I had to go and sort the cat out. You'll have to repeat that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, fine. That's don't worry about me. Um, I was just saying the, uh, the, the Fright Nights at Universal, are you, are you, are you doing that?
1: Yeah. So, so we've, uh, we've booked the, uh, what's called the Russia fear tickets, um, which is really designed for people who are visiting the first month of um halloween horror nights so it starts in september well it it starts in september ends in september It, it covers a number of nights it's going to cover four nights while we're there so it worked out cheaper than buying you know four separate tickets also we were looking at frequent fear but for the price and we thought well would we go more than four times and is it worth spending an extra it was quite a lot more. I think it was an extra one hundred and fifty dollars each, or something like that. We went with the Russia Fear ticket, so yeah. So we are going to go. Uh, we're going to go four nights, I guess, uh, and use those Russia Fear tickets. So I think this. I think the Russia Fear. I think it's the first time they've done it, so it's been quite good, really, because uh, we would have had to have buy the bought, bought the frequent fear tickets otherwise, which would have been a lot more.
2: Yeah, well, when when I booked the express passes, I thought, oh, it's brilliant! It's only like forty dollars more, and you get like to skip the queues. But I didn't realize that it was like in addition to the standard ticket. So it's not yeah, forty dollars more; it's one hundred and twenty dollars more. So it turned out to be quite a lot of money, but like, I'm not going to get it done all in one night if I don't do the express pass. So it feels like I have to, I have to do that.
1: Yeah. I think if you just go in one night, it makes a lot of sense to get the express passes. I think for us over four nights, because we're staying at Universal, so we can stay right till the end. Also, we can do the stay and scream, which... There's a few different stay and screen places that you can hang around in, one that's outside the Stranger Things maze, one that's at the left of us maze, and and one's at the the Chucky one. Uh, So you can turn up and you can wait for a little bit of time, and then you'll be one of the first ones into the queue, which I suppose in theory can save you a little bit of time while they're doing the changeover. So we thought, well, we can do that. We can stay late. You know, we're probably gonna get around all the houses in four nights, I would hope.
0: I absolutely love a Halloween Horror Nights, and I'm so pleased you're going, Dan, because I think you're gonna absolutely adore it. It is so much fun. It's such an atmosphere. Um, and yeah, good call on getting the express ticket. At least that means that you can guarantee that you'll be able to see everything and and I yeah, the stay in Scream, I would have to say my, my favourite location for that is the um the Irish Bar. I think it's McGettigan's or Flanagan's one of the two. Um, that's a and the whole atmosphere as the park switches over and it changes up and gears up is, is great fun. Um, so no, I'm excited to know what you think, Dan. And, uh, even, because even the, the atmosphere is electric as you walk around the park and, uh, yeah, you'll meet so many people in the queue lines and, and, uh, as you get spooky. So it's, it's just, it is really truly another level of halloween entertainment um it's unrivaled i don't think there is many other places that have the level of theming um and just the level of atmosphere and chaos that's created you know really it really is premium and i love it for that reason um so i can't wait to uh to see what well to see what both you think you know um and could you, one of you, please bring me back a t-shirt? <laughs> not joking. I was giving you the money.
2: Joking, yeah. not joking. No, yeah, I'm, absolutely. If, if you if you want anything whilst I'm out there, the this goes to Sam, not not anyone listening at home, because you know <laughs> it's that Sam gets special privileges. But if you want anything whilst I'm out there, yeah, feel free to give me a nudge and I'll I'll make sure it's packed for you, mate.
1: Yeah, I don't I mean I don't mind picking you up either, but I I mean I suppose the T shirts are probably to be available all the time, won't they? And um you never know, we might do might do a little episode out there, we'll see. Um I think Dan's gonna do us a, a solo episode i think at some point while he's in florida maybe um, just
2: i'll just get like a gopro staple it to my head and just put it live and see what happens
1: yeah just you and steph tell us how it's going and uh, if the kids are behaving or not that's the main thing yeah. um right okay <laughs> right that sounded like no the kids are not going to behave so. well
2: the, the kids are never going to behave that's just it's not going to happen uh fair yeah it's going to be an interesting one back.
1: Okay, well, uh, before we wrap up, I've got another couple of things um, I wanted to quickly touch on. So the first one is the Shockwave at Drayton Manor, which is the UK's only stand-up roller coaster. And there's not a lot of stand-up roller coasters these days, although that being said, there is a new stand-up roller coaster at SeaWorld Orlando, uh, which I'll be trying out. Um, It looks like what they're doing is they're going to convert it to a sit-down roller coaster. And I think we talked about this a while ago that they would actually convert shockwave to a sit down and it's a bit of a bit of a genius thing by um drayton manor is this actually because obviously the ride probably needs uh, a bit of a revival anyway and making it a sit down actually means that they can lower the height limit for the ride as well which means that obviously as drayton manor are trying to go for this more family market they're actually able to retain their signature roller coaster but also make it more accessible to to families as well so i think this is really good from drayton manor because i think another park might have just ripped the ride out and just left it as a a garden or something for a number of years so what do we think about shockwave becoming a sit down i know that it's a shame that we're going to lose a stand-up coaster i'm personally not that bothered i i don't really like it as a stand-up roller coaster I, I didn't enjoy it um what do you guys think about it
0: i'm i think this is a fantastic call from drayton manor uh like it wasn't very comfortable anyway standing up um it was quite painful at times especially going through the inversions um so i think this is great i think it fits the market they're looking for um and you know as you say, it really is their iconic coaster. It forms a part of their logo, all of their marketing. You know, Drayton Manor is known for Shockwave, and I think it would be a, it would be missed. You know, within the UK enthusiast community, and certainly within the industry, uh, as well. So, um, no, I think it's great, awesome, and a great way for them to keep keep the icon alive and going. And what a nice way as well for um, you know younger children or, or families to experience perhaps their first you know, their first proper thrill coaster to be the iconic shockwave, you know, again, just making it more more accessible to families and just making it a more comfortable ride, um, which I think was well, certainly the issue when I went on it. I, you know, held my breath about three times because of the pain.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess from my perspective, um, I, I don't know, because it, it's always... You either make a ride and you, you think it through, and you deploy something that's very specific, and because you're fulfilling a brief, you, you can get an experience you're really proud of, um, or you can keep it going, sort of regardless, and and try and try and you know try and keep things running as as best you can, but ultimately at the same time. Most of these parks only have limited space, um, so if if they decide to keep a ride going, uh, it might be the at the expense of potentially a future a future ride. Um, so, like on the one hand, it's always nice to see a ride going, and I understand that you know it's probably cost advantageous to to do it that way, and that way they can you know they can keep a lot of people who like the ride happy. Um, but on the, on the other hand, you know potentially if they use that space properly they could get a dedicated ride space which really fulfills a brief and really makes you know its, it's audience extremely happy it's it's nailing what it's designed to do which i don't think re- you know changing a ride at this point in its life cycle will will really do um so yeah i'm, I'm happy it's still going i think it, possibly they could use the space better if if they started from scratch but i guess that's always going to be the the case isn't it
1: yeah, I'm going to be really interested to see it. it it's a pretty short ride, though, um, which means that, yeah, it's it's still quite accessible to to families, but it would have been a shame for it to go. So I'm really glad that it's staying. Um, the final thing I just wanted to touch on then was that Blackpool Pleasure Beach have announced their season passes for 2024, and um, they've done something a little bit different Uh, than what they've done previously so they've announced their platinum pass for 2024 platinum pass just basically means that's our top tier season ticket that gets you in all the time um that's going to cost 139 pounds for the year which i think's a really good price you know because you wouldn't need to you probably only need to go like uh five times really to start getting your money back um and if you stay staying there over a long weekend you're going to do most of that in in one trip um so that's pretty good do you have a hot ice show season pass for 2024 for 120 pounds i'm not sure that that'll sell like hot cakes but um or hot ice cakes uh <laughs> But, um, you know, there is, you know, it's a good show. A lot of people uh, really rave about it, but I think you'd have to go a few times to spend that. But yeah, I mean, people will be interested in that. But the interesting bit, what they have done is they now have seasonal season passes. Um, Although, um, yeah, so they've, they've, they've released one for 2023, so for this year which is going to be an autumn season past 2023 that's gonna be 99 pounds that covers any day throughout october and weekends in november also that includes uh journey to hell as many nights as you dare uh, journey to hell is their halloween event that they do so yeah kind of mixed feelings on that i think 99 pounds just to be able to go over one month and then november it'll only be open on weekends over november on the face of it it could seem like a lot in comparison to how much you could pay for the whole season potentially however because it also includes journey to hell i think i think that's probably quite good value if you if you if you're planning to go a few times and you're going to be going to journey to hell and maybe you want to do it a couple of times and yeah that makes total sense um Also, for 2024, they've announced a spring season pass, uh, which is going to be £89. This is a bit of a weird one, because it's a visit any day from 29th of March to 31st of May. But I think they actually open from the 2nd of March. Yeah, so they open on Saturday, the 2nd of March. So it's a bit of a strange one, that, that it doesn't actually include opening weekend. Um, Because I think there would have been quite a lot of people tempted to to buy it just for, well, might as well get it for the opening weekend, you know, because we'll be there a couple of times and then I'm sure we'll be there again next month or so. So that's a bit of a weird one. And then they've also announced a summer season pass for 2024, which is also £89. And that's visit any day in July and August 2024, which to me is probably, probably the best value when it's probably summer because obviously the kids... Are going to be off school makes a lot of sense maybe to buy buy that for you and and your family um if you plan to go quite a few times during summer i think there's definitely some value there but i guess if you think that you're going to go in summer but also a few times the rest of the time of year you might as well spend that extra 50 pounds and go for the platinum pass It's still really good value at 139 pounds so this is it's kind of different um i don't think i've seen a UK theme park do something like this. Obviously, we did. We have the various Merlin passes, don't we? But they they kind of seasonal in a way, in that they they have block out dates. Some of them you can't go over summer and things like that. But this is this is quite different, being so specific to a particular period in time. Do you think these are good value, and and do you think people will buy them?
0: Did you say Ryan? Sorry, it was you. You said it was a hundred and. How, how much was the platinum full year
1: yeah so the full year for 2024 is 139 pounds
0: right so then, in, okay
1: traditionally but, uh, Blackpool pleasure beach has been known for selling them around 99 pounds and i think last year they were 120 pounds i think so they've definitely increased the price but right. it's still still not a bad price
0: what are the benefits you get with the, I don't know if you've got the information up there. Is there any benefits you get with the Platinum?
1: Now, actually, there's some really good benefits with the Platinum because obviously it does include, obviously, going any day. There's no, blo- no block out mm. dates for it. So that's good. Also mm. includes a free ticket, a free day pass to some other European parks. So you can get a free day at Port of Ventura and I think you can get a free day at Europa Park. And I think there's a couple of other parks that you can get a free day at. So it's not only just for Blackwell Pleasure Beach, but, but to get also a day at Port of Ventura, I mean, that would set you back 30 euros or so, you know.
0: Well, that's what I mean. I think really, actually, you know, I mean, you're talking 40 quid is in it, really, uh, whether you do the summer pass or the or the, I mean, even the October pass, I mean, comparing the platinum to the October, surely you would just do the extra 40 quid and then be able to go all year round and also get the additional benefits and perks of being able to go to these European parks, which, as you say, you would do one day on the gate price of a European park, and you've already paid that 40 quid off anyway. So I really think 40 pounds, there's not much in it. Um, I unless you were a diehard fan of Journey to Hell, I couldn't imagine why you would go for the October Halloween season pass. The summer pass, I could see if you didn't want to go all year round. But surely you're just better off buying the platinum pass for the extra 40 quid and then having the full flexibility and convenience to go whenever you wanted. Um, And then, you know, get all the benefits as well. The hot ice pass seems a bit strange to me. Is that just to go and watch the hot ice show and i mean i've never seen it personally but does it change throughout the year or is it the same show throughout the year because surely i mean once you've seen a show a couple of times you don't really need to go and see it again um, unless it changes which then i can understand there was a mm. there was a uh, a, a, a re there but otherwise you're going to see the same thing f- five times to make it worth all your money
1: I think they do, I think they just do a different show each year, although I'm sure in the past that they have maybe done like a seasonal version of it sometimes, but I might be making up.
0: So that pass seems a bit strange to me then, unless you've got diehard fans of that show, it seems strange that they would do an annual pass on a show that's not going to change for 365 days because how many times can you watch the same show
1: maybe it's a way of i know that there's quite a few people who kind of live in in the area who go very often to blackpool pleasure Beach who will go to the show as part of what they do so in a way maybe it's it's kind of more of a more of a reward for them really to kind of save them a bit of money you know rather than having to pay for it each time i think previously when you got the platinum pass i think you used to get entry at least once to the show or something I, I don't know if i've made that up but i i haven't had a blackpool pleasure beach season ticket for a couple of years but i'm sure i remember there being some sort of offer around hot ice previously which doesn't seem to factor now but i could have also made that up potentially um the the one thing that's a bit controversial about blackpool pleasure beach Although this doesn't seem to be an issue for other parks, but I guess it's it's part of the nature of it because of where it is, because it's in a seaside resort. Uh, Blackpool of Beach used to do uh, a season ticket for people who just wanted to go into the park, and they used to do like a day pass as well. I'm just uh, what was that called? The Diamond Pass you used to be able to pay a fiver, go into the park. You could go on the train, uh, you could go in the Chinese puzzle maze, uh, etc um and they, they did actually do a diamond season ticket and i'm sure it was something like 20 pounds or something for the year um and i think they should bring that back because there are a lot of people who go to blackpool who then the you know so if you take like a family to blackpool they they their kids really want to go to the pleasure beach but the adults aren't as bothered about it you know they're not really into theme parks but We're in Blackpool We're we're a captive audience because we, you know, we stay in the night or we stay in the weekend. So it's not like we're going anywhere else. So if the kids really want to go to Pleasure Beach, then great. I think the adults should have an option to be able to pay to uh not participate on the rise but maybe just pay a kind of nominal fee to to go in and and to be able to go on the train or or whatever i do think it's something that pleasure beach should do i mean the argument has always been well alton towers don't have a ticket for you know non-participants and and so on um but i just think blackpool's a little bit different uh and i think they should they should do it. Maybe it's a capacity thing. You know, they don't obviously they don't want to have the park full of people who have only paid a fiver to go in, I guess. But if I had a family, and so if I've paid say me and my wife, if we take some kids in, um me and my wife pay a fiver, the kids go on the rides, we're probably gonna go to a restaurant, we're probably gonna go to a bar, we're probably gonna go and spend some money. So it all starts to add up, but if if I'm faced with, well, no, actually, you've got to both spend £40 to go in, plus £40 each for the kids, it's starting to get expensive, and you're starting to think, actually, I, I'd rather just take the heat from the kids that we're not going, rather than spending all that money, we'll go and do something else, um, and hopefully they'll forget about it once I buy them an ice cream and take them into the arcades or something. So I genuinely think that Pleasure Beach lose business, uh by not doing that so I don't know if that's just just me but I honestly think that Pleasure Beach are missing out on something not offering that kind of entry option
2: yeah so I, I wouldn't take advantage of any sort of season passes because when when Steph and I book to go to, to Blackpool we just book a like a, a an overnight we we have a day in uh in the pleasure beach and then we're, we're off and the reason we do that is because there's not a lot of reason to hang around it's quite expensive uh you can't just walk around the park um without without getting a full a full ticket price so and and if we if we go for a season pass obviously we're we're, we're going to be in it for more than a couple of days which is all we're going to use all year uh, so that doesn't make any sense for us so the fact they don't have that option sort of excludes some some holiday options for us and I'm sure it does for a lot of other families. Um, but I guess if you are, if you're close to, uh, to Pleasure Beach, then a season pass makes sense. Uh, I guess that excludes the majority of people though because I can't imagine everyone's local to Blackpool.
0: I'd uh, like to go back to Blackpool. I was just thinking that. I haven't been since um, our trip in... 2020.
1: Gosh, what was that? Now three years ago. Been a while, and well, do you know what, Sam? I'll buy you a hot ass season pass. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I can imagine. One for, your, for your birthday,
0: <laughs> happy birthday, happy birthday, here, Sam. I know what I got you. I got your hot ass season pass. Enjoy that. All right. <laughs> go and get your ticket. Go in there, son. Go on, get your. Go get your hot ass. Well, you know. I, <laughs> I honestly I think I'd like to go back
2: <laughs> That's that's a soundbite right there. Yeah.
0: I, <laughs> it I, definitely is. <laughs> I'd I'd like to um I'd like to go back to Bradpool actually because I still haven't done Passage Del Terra Um which I'd like to do and I'd just like to go back and experience it and do Valhalla and see it all and and just yeah soak it up again i never i was only there we were only there for like one night so i felt like we didn't get to do any of the kind of the bits in the surrounding area but i swear there was more attractions and things to do um so i'd quite like to go back at some point
1: yeah i think because we i'll have to let you
0: know when i come back
1: yeah because we kind of visited during the the special times didn't we um so we we got to go did we go up the tower i think didn't we but we couldn't go in the ballroom and we couldn't go in the dungeons and passage wasn't open either and it was all a bit weird wasn't it it was all kind of mask times wasn't it um Mm. so yeah it would be good to do it during normal times although saying that we still managed to go to Weatherspoons and drink like pictures of cocktails and apparently that was fine
0: So (laughs) Yeah, we did. (laughs) I do remember that. We took a break from the park to then go and drink in Wetherspoons and had about three jugs and then went back (laughs) into the park. And I remember being, I remember thinking to myself, I've never been like sort of slightly tipsy slash drunk in a a park, but there we were, we're having a great old time.
1: I, know, and you had- I feel
2: increasingly like I, I missed out on a trip here.
1: You did. And then and then Sam had to finish his vlog and he was like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I've got to finish the vlog. <laughs> it was all slurred. <laughs> it was, it was. But they did manage to talk me into going on the Grand National, so Maybe that's the only reason I'd go on it after a couple of pictures of woo-woo, maybe. I don't know. It was as well. You
0: guys another blooming picture of woo-woo. It's, we went through I don't know how many and we swapped so many fun stories. And bearing in mind, this was the first time I think I'd ever met Ryan in person. I remember being quite nervous when you picked me up from the hotel. I don't think I've ever told you this, but Ryan basically picked me up from a hotel. It was my first time in the north. So I'd never been to the north of England properly. And um I went to York and did the Viking Dark Ride, which was very exciting. And then um I got picked up from wherever I was staying <laughs> by <laughs> by the two of them. And I hopped in their car and I thought, I don't know this man. You know, I've just I've met him online and through the recording, the podcast. But for all I know, you know, he could be someone quite dangerous for all <laughs> You know what I mean? But I just trusted and just hopped in the car and off we went. It was great. I was just
2: driving and and realized it was extremely dangerous. Uh, But no, in in all seriousness, whenever Ryan picks me up from hotels, I'm I'm very nervous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't give me a reputation for picking up men from hotels. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. there's an app for that oh dear there,
2: there is an app for that indeed there, is, uh, there but, is an app for that but yeah i i feel like the next time we do this i need to be included because it sounds absolutely amazing
0: oh yeah no that's definitely gonna happen for sure absolutely i don't, i'm thinking maybe we do a bit of a a um a splash around the north maybe and do a a, a splash with a splash oh, it's a sea world thing um Maybe we do a uh, a uh, like a round trip or something, and do like a flamingo and Blackpool and a, and a Alton Towers, and we do like a an extravaganza.
2: Yeah, yeah it sounds good. And to be honest, we, we we literally only go to like a few parks, you know, in in the north a year because it's just hard with kids. So any excuse to break that and get out a little bit more is is definitely something i would uh i would i would love to do
0: definitely or you definitely. or you guys come out here to the middle east and have a lot of fun because it's good here as well
1: yeah well that that could that could be an option for next year maybe um so we'll have to yeah see. do it
0: do it seriously seriously it's not too expensive to get out here and once you're here it's not very expensive so um yeah i can get you some discounts and things so yeah please do come
2: yeah, I think what we need to do is start off, you know, with with something quite quite mundane, like, "Oh, Steph, I'm I'm just going to go off to uh, to Blackpool with a few friends. Is that all right?" And then when she says yes, that opens the floodgates to, "Yeah, by the way, I'm also booking tickets to Dubai, um, and they're they're booked, so you can't really say no at this point." <laughs> um, but yeah, we need you can to bring the kids. Small. To we, well, you say <laughs> that, I probably wouldn't be able to bring the kids. I think. Uh, I think uh, little little Martin, my son, will probably last about ten minutes in that heat. Um, yeah. I think, to be honest, I'm only going to last about ten minutes in that heat. It sounds ridiculous.
1: Yeah, a bit too, a bit too hot, maybe, but um, we shall see. We shall see. Anyway, let's start to wrap up then. So, Sam, any final thoughts from you?
0: Right. <laughs> right, my final thoughts are don't try and re- <laughs> final thoughts are don't try and record a podcast um when your laptop is overheating and you're under a cocoon. And second of all, if you want to follow me along with some of the things I'm doing um, I would ask you please to follow along on at cruising with crew. Shameless plug. Um, this is a new uh pro- project, an adventure I'm working on with a friend of mine. Um, we're talking about kind of similar, I guess, to immersive entertainment and theme parks. We're talking about cruise ships. Um, and uh, we're it's all from the perspective of crew members and prospective crew members. So please do check that out. We are on every single podcasting thing you could find so i really appreciate the support and if you want to follow along with theme park based things i don't post that often i'm afraid just because i don't have the time and i I work six days a week out here so i just don't have the energy either um but uh you can still follow along on my instagram it's at coaster blog for theme park related content and very occasionally i'll post a picture or an odd review on the blog as well so you can follow along there
1: thank you and dan any final thoughts from yourself uh
2: no Uh, i think that was (laughs) that was a nice reintroduction to be honest we've we've been out of the action for for a little bit haven't we we've been we've, we've been a bit lazy on the old podcast front so we just
1: had a summer we had a summer break because we needed to recharge the batteries didn't we i think that's what we had to do
2: Okay, I was just being lazy, and be <laughs> um, but yeah, if you, if you want to follow me, uh, the next on-air um, YouTube video I am making, I'm off to Blackpool Pleasure Beach, and I'm doing a loop of the tower, and then I'm off to Lake Windermere in a, in a little plane. So if that sounds appealing, please feel free to to catch me on YouTube. Uh, but no, I think it was it was just lovely catching you guys again.
1: Yeah, good, and we'll um, we'll catch up again soon. Um so I think this recording will go out and then I'll be away uh for a couple of weeks. But you can keep an eye on the Theme Park Loopy socials. Um so if you find us I think probably mainly on Instagram and Facebook. So if you find us either at Facebook or Instagram forward slash Theme Park Loopy, we uh may have a few things on there to share with you. And then um we'll be getting back together again and doing some episodes. Hopefully we'll have some other episodes to share with you as well. So we've got lots planned going into the end of the year. Um and then I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about for next year as well. So it just it goes on and on and on, doesn't it? But just want to say thank you for all your support. The last episode that we did that I put live was UK versus European Parks, and that seems to have done really well so maybe that's caught the imagination a little bit that debate so we might have to pick that up again in the future um so we'll have to see but anyway thanks for joining us and we'll see you again real soon